This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. If they expect me to walk away from Luton with nothing... I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from. Hello and welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast coming to you after yesterday's 1-0 narrow defeat to Manchester United. I'm Billy Mully, joined today by Jamie Castle. How are you? Yeah, good. Uh, off, off the back of a, of a great trip to Old Trafford. Um, long day, obviously. Got in to not get anything from it. Um, but it's just um, like moments like, like, like those you have to enjoy. Oh, I mean, it was it was quite ironic as we were coming out. It said um, trams to Altrincham, and I was like, well, last time we were going that way, not not this way. So um, just have to enjoy days like yesterday because otherwise, what's the point? Um, so yeah, overall, just because the season just continues to to, to to give us so many moments. It's incredible when you you think about it when. Um, obviously we mentioned this so much on the podcast um, you mentioned that Altrincham kind of story there there's so many teams that you know around that area we think of Hyde as well there's a lot of memorable moments around around Manchester um, but never would we thought in, in such a short space of time we'd be travelling to Manchester United away for a league game and genuinely believe that we we could go and get something and leaving you know a little bit disappointed that we didn't manage to to grab anything which again is just a signal of how far we've progressed as a football club as always we are going to start with too good too bad that is where you the fans have got in contact with us with the 
two good elements and two bad elements of the performance result, the occasion, whatever it may be. And starting with good old Stephen Castle, he hit us with the two good Kaminsky and the defence was solid and bad. Lack of chances up front and we made changes too late. I think looking at all of them today, um, the, the the main takeaway is everybody's very complimentary towards Kaminsky. And that's probably something that, that goes back a few weeks. We go to Ads, who said defence looked solid and only limited them to half chances. And Kaminsky with another top performance and bad. Not creating many clear chances. Morris looking quite isolated on his own. Looks like he could do with a strike partner. And we'll start there, Jamie. We've sort of uh, fluttered around with different formations, different styles early on in the season. I guess we've kind of landed on the 3-4-3. In terms of the performances, it's it's been, um, I think it's been key in us getting the best out of our wide players. The the left-hand side of of Doughty and Ogbené has been massive for us of of recent weeks, maybe not so um, against United, but would you would you like to see Morris next to another striker? Do you think that is the best way to go in terms of next few weeks beyond this this international break? Um, I think that's been a fairly common comment that that Morris hasn't had anybody too close to him in, in certain games, especially when we've had to defend quite deep. Or do you think this three four three is is the way we continue to go? Or is there, you know, potential for for whatever the game is? It will have its individual plan. It's a really difficult line to to sort of tread because we've played this three four three now for two games against sides that are in around the top six, and we've looked we we, we were almost perfect against Liverpool for for, for ninety five minutes. We were perfect, and then just a a, a moment um, means that they got the equaliser. Um, May United, we were very, very good. I think we, we definitely need to, to, to do better going forwards. But I think structurally and in terms of the shape, yeah, it, it's difficult to go to go away from that just because you're, you're one player and obviously one of the most important players on the pitch and there's, there's no denying that. But just because that one player isn't creating a lot and is looking, yeah, I think is looking a bit, a bit t- tired and just sort of, he, he's not getting... A lot of service, but the, the bits that he does, he, he does get. He needs to make more of. So I think it, it's a really difficult line to tread. And personally, for me, I would like to see Eli given a go. I think there's lots of conversation in terms of, oh yeah, well he, Eli's got a chance, and from the start, sometimes he 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 doesn't create too much, and maybe off the ball he's not as good as Morris. But I think off the ball he's shown glimpses. He has that. He he is as good as Morris. Um, the chances that he that he has had, he creates a lot out of nothing. I mean, the goal against Forest, just the way he can bring it down, one touch, bang, equaliser. Um, I just just think rather than drastically change the setup, just to give give Morris a, a, an extra body up top, because if if you give Morris that, that strike partner, then you're losing a man somewhere else on the pitch, which creates a hole somewhere else on the pitch for maybe the press or or, or whatever it is. And I, I just don't think we're at the stage where we can do that. Now, OK, Palace at home, I think obviously get Spurs at home, it was the back four. We went sort of like 4-2-3-1 slash 4-4-2. In those sort of games, yeah, we, we, we will be flexible. And I think what Edwards has shown is tactical flexibility this season. And that's for me, is one of his 
biggest, biggest pros for him as manager is he's, he's able to to adapt. Um, but in games like yesterday, I, I just want to see like I think I think he'll give us so much more on the ball, and I think he's as, as good as Carlton off it as well. Um, but if in terms of looking at Palace at home, I think we might change it up, and I mean we won't do the three four three because we we do need to be a bit more brave. Um, but in, in terms of going for the game a bit more away United, if we did, then they they would have scored two or three. Um, so it, it's a really difficult question to to answer, and, and it's a really really sort of fine line to tread. And and obviously that, that's one of the biggest dilemmas that Edwards has at the minute is how do we get more out of us going forwards? Um, but in scenarios like like yesterday and bearing in mind our December is really tough, Arsenal, Newcastle, City, so we've got some really difficult games to to sort of look at next month in those sort of games. I, I really want to see Eli give it a go. Yeah, I think there's a, a real fine line between, you know, that a lot of the comments we've got back so far is that we've been defending really well. And I think that's something that we, we can take from the last few performances. But then I think that does have an impact on which is another comment we're getting is that we're not creating enough. Um, I think we're defending in numbers. I think we're we're dead. We're defending quite deep at times, and I think that naturally means that you can't afford to throw as many bodies going forward. And I think that naturally limits creativity. Um, it, as I say, it's a fine balance. If we do commit more bodies to to the uh, sorry to defend uh, to attack, sorry, it means we could be caught on the counter attack a fair bit more in a game like yesterday where Manchester United used width well. I know final third they didn't create as much you could tell that they're sort of lacking in confidence but they got into those positions quite well um and i think yeah it's a real fine line and in games like manchester united um you could be if they were fully firing two three goals down um if we do throw too many bodies forward so yeah i do think it's a, a real fine line we'll go on to a, another couple of too good too bad on twitter LTFC Reese said defence was solid again and Clicker made his Premier League debut. Something we've been waiting for for a while. Such an incredible player, technically uh, fantastic. And it's brilliant to see him back out there. Came on at left wing back, went over to, to right wing back. It's um, not, I know we've seen him in those positions before because he provides such first versatility. But when you consider what, what he's done, under Edward so far, it's always been in that sort of central role. How do you think he, he fared yesterday? Obviously, coming back after a lengthy injury, his last outing was a very successful one. But to, to make your Premier League debut at Old Trafford, a special day for him. Brilliant day. I don't really want to comment on performance-wise because he only got 20 minutes and it was his first first minutes and we were we were down 1-0. So it's a really difficult sort of circumstance to come into the game and had a few good touches, a few good passes and, and that's all you can really say. But as a wider piece, it gave us what one of the, the best memories from last season, probably best memories of, of the last few years in terms of that goal at Wembley. Um, technically, as that last season, I think for me, was our, our most technically gifted player. Um, obviously, we've recruited since and spent some money since, so it's, it's difficult to, to say that now, um, given we've not proceeded in the season, especially. Um, but technically, very good. And I think if, if you look at players that we've come against this season in terms of on the ball, I think there's things that they've done that Clark definitely can do 
given minutes in given time. Um, Edwards called out his it, 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 uh, Clark's own tactical flexibility in terms of positionally, as you say, came on left wing back, right wing back. He can play in the number ten if we go four two three one. I'm, I'm sure he can play well. He can play wide left or right. Could he play in the midfield too if if we were really really struggling? Probably. I think he, I think he'd, he'd give it a go. Um, so probably everywhere Barcelona are given his height really is is where he can play. So yeah, he's an excellent player for us, and I I, I think it, it's a, a massive boost to get him back. Especially in sort of in moments where you're struggling with injuries, and I mean, like Doughty came off because he was he, he just looked dead, dead on his feet, cramped. I mean, he he runs for not for, for virtually seventy minutes, and then it just needs to come off because he, he gives it his all. So in moments like that, to have an extra player um, that can just give you that that fresh impetus with sort of fifteen to go is is massive, and hopefully in in in, in time he can prove what what we know he can do from the start. Um, and if he does, he, he he's a great player for this level. And I think with Clark as well, we mentioned him being another good option. Um, mentioned the flexibility there. I think he's another player that once he gets fully fit, because of course that was his his first minutes in a Luton shirt since since you know being out for a fair while. Once he tactically adapts, once he gets back to full fitness, I think he could be quite key. Um, on the counter attack, we mentioned the Conga, the the influence he had of, of breaking quickly, seeing things early. I think Clark's that kind of player too, where he his vision, his technical ability, ball manipulation means that he will be vital when we do try and make uh, turn defence into attack. Cannot wait to to continue seeing Clark, and I think um, adapting to the Premier League, I think it's going to be quite seamless for for a player of his quality. He knew yesterday as well that he was going to come on. He had that haircut. Um, he knew that he had to look good for the Premier League cameras. And um, yeah, I think him being back in a Luton shirt can only be classed as a good thing. In terms of LTFC, Reese is too bad. Conceded a scrappy goal and didn't create enough chances. Of course, that, that goal was difficult to concede. We'll go on to that further in our own analysis. Um, but again, there's didn't create enough chances, a common theme of today's episode. Moving on to a Maryland Hatter, um, kept them on the run for 90 minutes plus, And he's got the Belgian flag next to the glove flag, obviously referring to Kaminsky. He's too bad. Counters tend to fall apart, need time to develop, but it is a fine line. Um, I did notice that yesterday. Um, we weren't as fluid um, I, I say on the counter attack, I think Ogbené wasn't as brave as we've seen him before. Um, Ogbené has been absolutely fantastic, free agent, everything. But I think yesterday he did have a, a, a struggling time. I think there was elements of his performance that were really good, but in terms of the high standards that he's set himself after what has been a fantastic start to life at, at Luton Town, I think it was one of his games where he struggled a bit. Um, and then again, on the right-hand side, Kabore got into good positions. Um, I think he, it was one of his better games again. Um, and the second bad element from a Maryland Hatter was losing. Um, of course, us Luton fans don't like losing. We haven't had to taste losing uh, losses so much going from, from the conference to the Premier League. But of course, it's um, what was to be expected. We'll go on to Joe O'Brien. Again, Kaminsky is amazing. 
prevented them from creating much and the two bad elements. Barkley constantly giving the ball away cheaply need to find a way to look threatening in the in open play. Um, we'll track back to that Barkley comment. How did you think he, he fared yesterday? Um, obviously, a, a top, top performance against Liverpool. Um, how did you think he, he fared against Manchester United? Yeah, I thought he was good. Um, I, I think it's all relative. I think against Liverpool, against Liverpool, he was like so, so good. And now it's hard to then reset your bar to that level. And then if you play a, a, a bit like a notch or two down from that, you think, oh, we had a bad game. And I, I think he, he was just good. I think away, away at Old Trafford, the, the whole team, I think, weren't as good as weren't as good as, as they were against weren't as good as they were against Liverpool. Um, but still, I think if you look back to the Brighton and Chelsea games that we played at the start of the season, our, our light years ahead of, of where we were back then. Um, I think he he's brave on the ball, and I think the times he got caught out maybe was a bit too brave, and sometimes he just needs to lay it off. But he's a player who's got Premier League experience and backs himself, and and you'd rather that than someone that always lays it off too early when. I think in transition he does drives up the pitch. The amount of times he wins the ball, he, he turns out of danger and then drives. Um, so I, I would rather him keep doing that, keep trying that, those sort of things, and then occasionally get found out and lose the ball. It is what it is. You, you're not going to keep the ball for for, for, for ninety minutes. Um, so yeah, I, I'm 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 fairly comfortable with his performance. Um, and in, in games that will be. The easy games coming up, sort of Palace at home, Brentford away. I expect him to hopefully take the game and just just and and dictate. Um, because I mean, to to be fair to United, that their midfield is 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 pretty good, right? You got you got Bruno Fernandez and Tomale. I think is is pretty underrated compared to to to, to, to other players in this league. Um, I think Tomale is the sort of player that that can take the game. Um, and there's a thing I think been unfairly spoken about when when compared to like Casemiro, for example. Um, so I think you need, you need to give them a bit of credit uh, that they are they are Man United, and it was at Old Trafford in front of seventy five, eighty thousand. So I think it's all about it's all about trying to contextualise certain things. Um, so overall, I'm, I'm I'm happy with Barkley, and for me, he he definitely is in our starting eleven at the minute. In terms of if you were to ask me our best eleven, he'd be in it. Yeah, I, I half get the point that, that Joe's making here because I think there was a couple of times where he gave the ball away quite, it seemed quite carelessly. But he is, as you said, so brave on the ball. He's somebody that looks to drive us up the pitch and for the most part is very, very successful at that. He's a different kind of midfield option as well to, to what we have because of that bravery, because of that positive, direct running. Um, and key for us on the counter-attack, as we saw against Liverpool. I also think there was a fair few times where he, he progressed the play really well, got us into wide positions, um, takes the ball on the turn in tight areas. Um, I think naturally that's going to lead to some of those hairy moments where he does give the ball away and, and you know, attacks break down quite quite abruptly. But for the most part, what Barkley's doing is really, really positive for me. And um, yeah, I think sometimes giving the ball away at the wrong times. I think that could probably be said of, of how he, he played yesterday, but but ultimately he does more uh, good than bad. So I'll, I'll continue wanting him to get on that ball and, and doing what he's doing because, yeah, he's, he's certainly key for us progressing up the pitch and, and looking to 
turn defence into attack rather quickly. We'll now head on to our own analysis of the game, Jamie. And I think the, the perfect way to start is looking at the game from, from a whole, really. We went toe-to-toe with Manchester United. I think there was elements where they looked on top. There was probably times in the game where we looked on top too, but we, we competed really well. And I think a lot's been lost in translation in terms of where Manchester United are at. Um, we, we were speaking, it's probably the best time to have played Manchester United, but that doesn't mean they've overnight become a poor side. They've still got world-class quality. And that was on show for, for some parts. But just because... Manchester United are in a bit of a struggling position, doesn't turn them from one of the, the best squads in this country to, to one of the worst. So I think to go toe-to-toe with Manchester United, regardless of, of where they're currently at um, as a club, has to be seen as a positive and you know impressive from, from Luton. Absolutely. And that's why I'd fit it off the game that, okay, gutted to not get something, but still so proud. Um Obviously, there was a fairly incorrect graphic from Skybet before the game in terms of our our sort of team value against theirs. I think sort of valuing some players in terms of like free signings when when they weren't. But regardless, I think the point still stands in terms of financially them versus us. Like as a, as a fact, Luton Town should not be on the same level as Man United in terms of impacting games and and realistically, Luton should go to Man United and. And they should be beating us by two or three because of the financial weight that they are. Like, that's not underestimated. That's not underestimate the size that that Man United are as a club. Um, but we went there, and okay, first fifteen minutes it was tough. Um, probably two clear chances in terms of the the ball in behind for to, to Rashford that they got got crossed into Hoyland and was the fantastic save from Kaminsky again. And in the second one, where the ball went through to Gonacho and and uh, and just put, sort of put him off, like that, the, they're the two chances that you probably think, yeah, that should be two 0 But we stayed in it, and don't underestimate the mental strength of of those lads out on the pitch to go through that tough spell. And I thought for the second half of the first half, we were the better side in terms of winning the ball back fairly hard the pitch, turning over, transitioning up the pitch, and creating chances. And for as much as we could have said that they could be 2-0 up, we should have been 1-0 up when Carlton Morris sort of got that header. And it was a great save from Anana. Um, so the mental strength to, as you say, go toe-to-toe with Man United. Yes, a good time to play them, but they're still not saying that they're a bad side. They went to Copenhagen midweek and I didn't watch it, but all the pundits are saying that that's the best they've played this season. They're 2-0 up, but if it weren't for a red card, they would have gone on to win it at Canter against a K. Not a massive European side, but Copenhagen have a lot of history. They're still in 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 in, in the Champions League for a reason. Multi-time Danish champions, so like for them to go away to go away to their midweek in, in Europe and play as well as they did, like they're still on on their day a very very good football inside. Marcus Rashford shot with confidence, but we all know how good he can be. Um, Bruno Fernandez two three years ago was was one of the best players in the league, and if, and if, and if it wasn't for for Mo Salah doing Mo Salah things, he was probably player of the season. So they've got some very very good players. Um, so there's no getting away from that. And for us to as you say go to, to go toe to toe, so so proud. Um, and okay, yeah, we lost one nil, but speaking to everyone around me in terms of what they what they thought of the game. Like we just can't see how if we keep 
going on this journey of progression how, 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 how they can't see how we can't stay up or how we don't stay up because if we can give May United away a game like that and Liverpool home a game like that and realistically could have come away with four points from six um, there, there's definitely going to be three worst teams than us in this division um, so the fact that we're coming away from May United away saying that just gives me every confidence and yeah that 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 pride word is just being said again because you've, you've said it a lot this season. Um, and yeah, it's just from where we've come from to now, it's, it's just fantastic. We are going to head for a short break. When we're back, we'll continue our analysis of yesterday's 1-0 defeat at Manchester United. And we'll also announce the giveaway winner. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We are back for part two of today's episode. And of course, as we've alluded to for the last few weeks now, I think since since we announced it, um, we will be confirming who has won the latest ORH giveaway. Um, we've drawn it out of the hat and we've got it. We've got the person ready to contact. So, yeah, stay tuned to the end of our analysis of this game, and we will confirm who has won the latest giveaway. Jamie, going back in the deep end of yesterday's 1 0 defeat to United, we've spoken so much and we've reflected so much about where we've come from. Um, but I think, sorry, we've reflected where we come from in terms of obviously 10, 11 years we were playing in, playing non-league football. But I think it's also important to reflect how far we've come from since those first two games of the season. And, you know, game by game, our defensive play, our ability to win duels, I think our intelligence of when to press, when to, um, when to sort of deploy a bit more of a low block, I think it's all there to be seen. And we've mentioned Manchester United being starved of confidence at the moment. But I think we've also we also played a massive part in in really frustrating them yesterday because we were defensively resilient. We were tactically intelligent. So I think when you can when you compare that to the first two games of the season, there's vast improvements that have been made. Yeah, spot on. And I, I said earlier in in the pod, if you if you compare the performances against Liverpool and Man United to the ones against Brighton and Chelsea, it's it's light years ahead. I think just that footballing brains that the players are developing in terms of at this level because that they they had it basically nailed down at the Championship in terms of how to play and 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 just the the, the around tactical game, but they've had to almost relearn again. A lot of talk about how fast this league is, but they're adapting so so well um 
not just the players we've signed, but the players we've brought with us. You, you think Gabe Osho, first Premier League minutes in terms of the last three games, um, fresh off an injury, but is slotted in seamlessly. Tom Lockyer, first few weeks, I think made a few mistakes and was a bit naive, but as we're developing through the season, I think he's getting better and better. Um, you've, you've got Nakamba, who, okay, has played in the, in the Prem before, but I think the first few games was probably a bit lost at times and there's probably a lot to say that he wasn't supported as as much by sort of Pelly and stuff in the midfield, but but now he's he's in he's in a tactical shape where he's he's excellent. He's just he, he's turning over so, so, so many balls for us. Um, so yeah, all, all round, just just so proud of the team. Um, tactically, Rob Edwards has our spot on, and you can see the the work that is going in on on the training pitch with with sort of Rob and and his entire coaching team. Um, so yeah, and. It's a Luton thing, right? The last few years, we, we've always got, got better as the season went on. I think the stat last year where we didn't win in like our first five home games or something stupid like that. So, okay, it's the same this season, but we're, we're, we're like a, a, that, that step up now. So hopefully our, our fortunes will change and we can almost match the path that we went on last year and sort of looking at this next, because it's crazy, we're, all, we're already about a third of the way through the season, sort of looking at these next two thirds Hopefully we can do the same and change the level of performance and turn that performance into getting points. And I think that that's the the, the big takeaway from it, from Everton's post match was we now need to need to start getting points. And whilst Crystal Palace isn't a must win, you think well at some point those must wins will come. So it's almost a we need to win to take a bit of the pressure off because if we don't, then this thing well. We're only on six or seven points again as, as we get to game 13 and Brentford away and then we go into a really tough December. Um, so just to take the pressure off, sort of Palace at home is, is huge and three points in that game, um, yeah, is, is, is almost needed. So, yeah, I guess we're doing well. Performances are getting really good, but we now need to start getting points. It's interesting because the performances, last two performances against teams that we know will will finish high up in the Premier League have been have been good, and obviously we got a point against Liverpool. But but a lot has been a lot was made at the start of the season about Luton Town's chances of survival will be based around how well they do against the teams around them. But if we can continue to add this element of picking up points like the one against Liverpool, um, you know, if we would have got a point yesterday. Do you think that could be the difference between us staying up and, and going down? Our ability to to grind points out against teams that are considered the, the best in the division because we have shown this defensive resilience. Um, of course, the, these games then against Crystal Palace, against teams that are expected to be around us come sort of May time, of course, it's that they're completely different games in how we, how we set up, how we approach the game. But do you think, you know, games against United, um, Arsenal, City to come, if we can show real defensive resilience, that could be massive for us in terms of picking up points that, that other teams might not? I mean, they're, they're about, without doubt bonus points, right? And I think there's no getting away from the Liverpool game being a bonus point. But then if you look at Bournemouth yesterday, they get bonus points in terms of home to Newcastle. Um, so I think a lot of teams will get quote-unquote bonus points, but for me, the difference would always be 
the games against Burnley, the games against Wolves, the Fulham's away, they're the difference. If we hold on against Burnley and don't lose, if we nick a win against Wolves, if we don't lose against Fulham, for me, that's the difference. And I think it's those margins in games that we ne- we now need to turn. I, I don't want to walk away from the Palace game, having been one nil up and then concede late on to, to make it 1-1 or... or being on top in the first half, going nil nil, and like the Wolves game, they come out, nick a goal, one nil, and then we get back to one one. But it's, okay, it's a, it's a point. But I, I, I want to talk about a Palace game where okay, it's a really tough game. It's again toe to toe, but we come away one nil, two one winners because yeah, Palace had had chances, we had chances, but we are on the right side of margins. Um, so that for me is a difference. And then Brentford away, same thing. I don't want to dig in against Brentford like, like, like we did away at Fulham and then you can see the sloppy goal and lose 1-0. If we dig in, Brentford away, can't quite win it, but come away with a 0-0, you think, okay, fine, that's a point. Next one. It's for me, that they're the, the moments that are going to decide our fate. Um, so for me, if if we're on the back of Palace and Brentford and we get four points, I think happy days. So that, that, that for me is the margins changing. And and is the sort of the the evidence that points to to us staying up in in this league, whereas if we if we come away from those two games only getting a point against Palace and losing at Brentford, then that's where I think, you know what I think we're, we're showing really good signs, and I think given a few extra moments and players, I think we could stay up, but we probably would just just fall quite short. Um, so I think the, these next two these next two games for me are are, are the ones that will really, really show whether or not we will stay up. And the last player we'll touch on um, in terms of yesterday's performance, Kabore seems one that, that we bring up most weeks because I think when you think of what he displays, what he puts out every week, there's always talking points. He's a very entertaining player in terms of the contributions he makes um, getting forward. And also some of the some of the things he does defensively, but but how would you assess his overall performance yesterday? I think he got into some good positions. I think he delivered a bit of quality. I think defensively there were a couple of questions, but also some things he done well. Um, he's a very entertaining player because there's always so much to talk about when it comes to to Isakabora. Yeah, he's getting better for me. Um, it's tough because he has been targeted compared to other players. I don't think. Teams are targeting Alfie Doughty on the left as much as as much as they're targeting Isakabore on the right, and that comes as a, as a result of goals like Luis Diaz, where he he, he pulls off a Kabore, wins it in the air, and, and scores. So, I think understandably they're targeting Kabore. So, but that just shows that he has to play that so much better to to to, to cope with that. I think Garnacho for me was United's biggest threat, especially in the first half in terms of whenever he was on the ball. I think. Uh, Townsend did, did need to did need to help um, Issa out a, a little bit, um, but by and large, I think he did he did really well. Um, let's not forget it's his first full Premier League season. Um, his his real first season of getting men's football minutes. Okay, he was at Marseille last year, but only really got sort of seven games worth worth a minute. So it didn't you can really say he, he played week in week out. Um, so yeah, overall I'm happy. I think going forward he's showing lots of positivity and is offering almost as much on, on the right as Doughty does on the left in terms of transition and, and, and drive. Um, but the difference is that Doughty has that little bit more of quality that, that Kabore doesn't quite have and 
okay, Kabul, we got the assist for the Chongo and he, he put in a few crosses again yesterday, but it's all is now getting that consistency in, in that in that delivery because there was one right down by the away end where he where he got in behind Lindelof, who is someone that we should have targeted at left back and he just puts it out of play for, for, from the cross. Um so yeah, he's he's, he's he, I think his his I guess storyline this season is almost matched us as a team in terms of sort of starting off a bit weak, but showing good signs and then developing and being a bit inconsistent, making mistakes. But now he's starting to put in a few consistent performances overall. Okay, maybe has it has a moment a moment or two in games where he could do better. But that that that's the same for for, for the whole team. Um, so I, I'm I'm confident that we'll be sat here next May talking about Kaborwe having been a really good loan signing, having having had a really good season for us. Um, and unfortunately, we'll go back to Man City and we'll either be, be in their squad as, as second choice or or we'll be sold elsewhere for 20, 30 million pounds probably. Um, but that's that, that's the food chain. Um, but overall, if I was Man City, I'd, I'd be really, really pleased with, with how he's doing the Luton. I've seen a lot of mental character shown from him. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, I think he started the season. Um, I, I look at the first couple of games, and I think, I think brightly, mm. but then maybe the the two three games after that, he, he had his struggles defensively and offensively. I think look back to some of those games, the inconsistency of his delivery, which to an extent is still there, but I think he, he delivers more good than bad um, at, at, at this current time i think he's shown real mental character since then to get back to some real levels of consistency not to put his head down and and you know lose that bravery he brings because the the amount of grass he covers um the bravery he shows to to exploit green space has, has been really really impressive and you think back to maybe that game against exeter where um things didn't didn't go his way he could quite have, quite easily have gone into his shell but i, I think for a young player, 22, 21 years old, to be able to to get back to good levels of consistency and performance has, has been really, really impressive from him. And as you say, naturally, I can only see him going one way, which is to continue improving, continue his development at a club who, you know, I, I have been very good to him. He's the, the right wing back position hasn't been filled with competition. Um of course, we, we switched to, to a back four at a certain point, didn't we, for, for Burks coming at right back and, and that doesn't necessarily suit him. But he's got good minutes so far and that's all Manchester City could be asking of us right now. And as you say, when it comes to the end of the season, there will be decisions to be made. Will, will Luton consider him as a player that, that could advance us and, and could we be in the market for him? Um, could he you know, sandwich himself in that, that Manchester City side or could he be sold on for, for say, millions of pounds? Uh, I guess there's a lot to be decided before that decision comes to it. But, um, yeah, I definitely have to say he's progressing in the right way as as we, we've continued to see. We'll now go on to who has won the giveaway. Um, I think it's been a month now that the, the giveaway has been live. Many of you have got involved. Many of you subscribe to Oak Road Hatter on the YouTube channel. So a big thank you to, to that, uh, to those of you who have done that. Um, so in terms of who's won the giveaway, the 
uh, YouTube handle is at G334HOA, um, which the underline is JP Walker. So big congratulations to JP Walker, who has won himself 23-24 shirt of his choice. He's also won um, the CFAX mug, the 22-23 playoff final CFAX mug. And he's also won the free designs from Matthew J. Wood. So once this comes out, get in contact with us, JP Walker, and we will sort everything else out. A big congratulations. And also a big thank you to everyone who got themselves subscribed, that that retweeted, who shared our posts. And and yeah, a big thank you. And I'm sure there'll be another giveaway sometime in the not so distant future. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled to that. But in the meantime, a big congratulations to JP Walker. And that is where we're going to leave things for today. A big thank you to everybody watching and listening at home. And we will be back not Thursday in our usual slot we'll be back next week as we look ahead to Crystal Palace a big game as Jamie's alluded to one that um, there's potential for three points and we want three points three points will be massive at this stage so listen out watch out until then it's goodbye from us Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.